My name is Maddie Grace Watson, and you're listening to Radio Hill- Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Today, we have with us Brittany Baldwin, a 2012 graduate of Hillsdale College. Brittany previously worked as a speechwriter for Senator Ted Cruz and President Donald Trump. She now owns her own consulting firm. Thank you for being with us today, Brittany. Absolutely. It's wonderful to be back in campus. So kind of going back to when you originally first came to college, kind of how did you end up at Hillsdale? That's a great question. Well, I'm from Houston, Texas, and there most people have never heard of a little college in Michigan called Hillsdale College. So I found out about it my senior year when my mom, who who taught at a classical school, went to a conference for classical schools, and she came back from the conference and said, Brittany, you'll never believe it. I found out about a classical college. And I was at the time going to a big public school, and I thought, that sounds really awesome. So I ended up applying my senior year, and when I visited, I knew it was the right place for me. That's so cool. Um, what kind of like campus groups or activities were you involved in when you were here? <laughs> That's a great question. It's been a, so long I had to think about that a bit. But um, I was was a an RA for three years. Um, I had RA in multiple dorms, first in Olds. And then um, in addition to that, I always had some other job on campus, whether it was being a student ambassador, working in the career service office, working in the president's office. And then I um, was involved in several other groups. I was on student government. Um, the uh, When I came to visit my mom, you know, the one thing I said I didn't like was the food. And my mom said, well, I bet you can find a way to change that. So it ended up that I uh, got on, on the student government and I created a food committee to try to improve <laughs> what was then Saga, um, which was fun. Um, and then I, yeah, I was involved in a number of other things. I joined Kappa a little bit later on in my college experience, and uh, I was a George Washington fellow as well. Okay, that's so cool. So I know it might be hard to think of something on the spot, but like, is there any maybe college memory that sticks out you to sticks out to you the most from your time at Hillsdale. I know you were involved in a couple different things, so it might be hard to choose. Well, the overriding memory is definitely studying all the time. <laughs> um, in fact, we I joke now because one of my best friends from Hillsdale um, was not friends with me the first semester of freshman year because she, quote, thought I was a partier because I got home at 1 a.m. every night. But that was just when the library closed. So um, definitely the overriding memory is studying a lot. But I certainly have a lot of fun memories of studying. Um, You know, camping out in Lane and Kendall for days at a time. um, Writing papers late into the night. Um, That that was certainly the overriding memory. But interspersed were lots of of fun little memories along the way. Mm Mm-hmm. So kind of going off of that, what was your major while you were here? I was an American Studies major, and at the time, Dr. Sundahl was still here, and he was amazing. And so we, you know, we took English history and politics classes, but then he offered several capstone classes that really integrated all three, and it was an incredible program. Was speechwriting something you were, like, 
definitely interested in coming in, you know, American studies major. I know sometimes those like two things work together, but not necessarily. So was it something that was like on your mind or did you come to it kind of later in your college experience? That's a great question. I absolutely never planned on being in politics or being a speech writer. I planned to be a teacher and that was what I was interested in. My mom had inspired me. So um, I just majored in American studies because it sounded like it, it combined all of my favorite subjects into one major. Um, but it was then along my journey at Hillsdale, especially, um, being a a George Washington fellow, I had to do the WIP program. And initially I actually didn't want to do the WIP program, but, um, I'm so glad that I did because while I was interning at the Heritage Foundation, I realized I really liked writing and I came back to campus and I thought, well, I could never actually have a career doing that. And then I took John Miller's advanced writing course the first semester he was here. And I thought, well, maybe maybe I could actually do this. And then Peter Robinson came to speak at a, C, at a CCA. And he was, of course, one of Reagan's speechwriters. And I heard him give a speech. And for whatever reason, I thought, I think I could do that. So you mentioned that um, the Washington Hillsdale internship program wasn't something you kind of wanted to do. How did you end up? How did you end up kind of in that scenario in that program if right. it wasn't necessarily on your radar? Well, um, the short answer is the money. The <laughs> money was good, and I want I I you know I I needed a scholar. I, I knew that a scholarship would really help. An additional scholarship would really help. So I applied to the program, and I was excited about the program as a whole. I just I was you know one of those students who didn't want to be away from campus for a mm-hmm. whole semester. But again, it ended up being one of the best experiences of my time at Hillsdale, and I made great friends on the program, and I learned so much from the internship experience. Mm -hmm. Did you find it hard being away that semester, you know, in a good experience, but still not necessarily on campus with everyone else? I mean, the thing is, I think I thought it was going to be hard, and I was sad about leaving, but once I was there, it was not hard at all. It was actually, it was really fun, and it was so incredible to see Hillsdale's presence in DC, but also get to just get to just take advantage of so many things there, going to museums, going to different talks, meeting so many people um, in all, you know, across um, different industries, like whether it was uh, journalists or senators or um, all different people who came and spoke to us and who you could go to different events and hear them speak. So in that kind of transition from college to the workplace, how did you see Hillsdale maybe developing you and helping you in ways to kind of enter the workforce that maybe you didn't expect or you did expect? Well, it's a great question. I think um, one of the wonderful things about Hillsdale is that it, you know, the education you get is the foundation for really anything that you want to do. It teaches you to think, to think critically. It teaches you to write well. Um, and those two things alone give you a major leg up compared to most um, most other recent graduates. Um, but it also t- teaches you to really think about who do I want to become as a person. And more than anything else, that I think is what has helped guide me in my time in politics. Because if you don't know who you are, then you you will be able, you know, you, you will lose yourself in politics. You will just go after the power and um, and and so I, I fortunately don't have any regrets about my time in politics because Hillsdale helped me 
to really know who I was, um, which I think was the most important thing. And then as far as kind of more of the practical element of actually getting a job, having a paycheck, et cetera, um, certainly, again, that, that WIP program was great because it was a great combination of uh, practical internship while still being able to take classes. Um, I, I certainly made it t- took advantage of um, summers to have different internship experiences, even in, in Houston, where I'm from. Um, and then after graduation, um, I actually worked at Hillsdale for a year, so it certainly helped me in that way. Um, and it was through Hillsdale that I actually met my um, first boss outside of Hillsdale, which was Ted Cruz, because he came and spoke at, at graduation that year I had the chance to very briefly meet him and I ended up getting a job with him um, about a month later. Wow so I I think maybe not everyone kind of knows what they, they know speech writers you know they, they write speeches beyond that they don't know much so like how would you describe like a day in the life of a speech writer like a typical day I know it probably varies absolutely but. absolutely it certainly varies. So I will um, answer that question by talking about a day in the life of a White House speechwriter. I think more than anything, I always like remind people it might look glamorous, it might sound glamorous, but 90% of my time I'm sitting at my desk writing. Like it's not that different from like being a college student and writing a paper. It's just the stakes are a lot higher. Um, but no, that's not. But of course, there are other things involved as well. You know, I would would most likely get there early, try to get in, you know, three to four hours of uninterrupted writing in the morning um, before meetings might begin for various speeches. If you're giving a policy speech, you might be meeting with the various policy teams. They might be talking about their priorities for it. Then um, once you have a, a speech drafted, it's circulating through all the senior staff in the various departments of the White House. And so then you're getting feedback. And so then you have to incorporate all of that feedback into the speech. And you might have, you know, a day to do that or you might have an hour to do that. So you generally have to do it pretty quickly. And sometimes it also involves like calling the different individuals, explaining what you're thinking, making sure you understand their point and incorporating it in, trying to basically be a consensus builder and to take as much feedback as you can from the various different departments um, because otherwise you can just make a lot of enemies really fast and and you don't you don't want to do that unnecessarily Uh, but also because they are stakeholders and they do know the different policies for instance that um, are important to the speech if you're writing more of a policy speech so it's it's Again, mostly writing, but then there's also that element of working with the various teams and also making sure for a given speech you really understand who's going to be in the room um, and, and you're addressing them in particular. You're, you know, the speech isn't going to fall flat, etc. cetera. Um, so then uh, making, you know, a lot of times it's also phone calls to the various groups who are hosting him. Who's going to be there? How many people? You know, basically asking them like every possible question so that you're you're not putting in the president in a situation where he's blindsided in some way. Um, and yeah. And, and so I would say it's th- that combination that makes up a typical day. And that's true, I think, for uh, non-White House speech writing as well. 
So you mentioned like going to meetings and working with people for your different speeches. Is there a favorite like type of speech that you enjoy working on or maybe specifically from your time in the White House enjoyed working on the most? Yes, I absolutely loved um, more of the ceremonial speeches that were, um, you know, a little bit more somber, you could say. Um, and and so things like Memorial Day speeches, 9-11, um, anniversaries like like the D-Day speech at Normandy, um, you could really focus on, you didn't have to worry about the policy for one. And so you could make the whole speech like about the narrative, about the story. Um, you could incorporate a lot of that history. Um, and in what I loved most about speech writing was telling people stories. And fortunately, um, President Trump made that part of his presidency. So it was incredibly, um, it, it was really fun to be able to get to incorporate stories into the speeches and many times of real people who were actually there. Do you have a favorite speech that you've written, maybe from one, one of those that incorporates cool stories from your time mm -hmm. at the White House or maybe some other scenario, but mm -hmm. is there one that just like sticks out in your mind when you look back? So I have two answers to that question. The first is that, um, you know, I would never take credit for writing the whole State of the mm -hmm. Union that, you know, we had an amazing team and it's a team effort. And of course, the president is, is very involved in that speech, too. It's the biggest speech of the year. But one thing I'm particularly proud of is getting to help with um, crafting all of the stories within the State of the Union and also coming up with the ideas for the types of guests we were going to invite and then finding those people and then getting to tell their stories. And um, if you watch President Trump's State of the Unions, I think one thing that distinguishes them is that they were really about America. And so a lot of the guests weren't just like a policy guest, you know, who was was there in place of, you know, um, you know, they're representing our great health care policy or something. We had, you know, some guests like that, but m more than anything, a lot of the guests represented like the greatness of our country. So getting to find those stories like a Holocaust survivor and a D-Day hero who liberated that that um, camp and, and other stories like that was such a privilege and meeting those people was amazing. Then as far as just, you know, one speech that I was, was more directly responsible, um, a couple come to mind, so I'm going to give you a few answers, but I would say... Um, the Memorial Day 2020 speech at Fort McHenry was one of my favorites, as well as um, the 9-11 speeches, um, especially 2018 uh, and 2020, and then uh, the March for Life speech. So I can imagine, oh, I don't know, maybe is being a presidential speechwriter different than other speechwriters, or is it kind of the same and just you, what you talk about and the maybe how many you produce is just a little bit different? It's definitely very different in the sense that the president has the bully pulpit of the world. And so when the president speaks, generally not only the nation, but the world is listening. And so that means um, the substance of the speeches can, in many cases, be different. And also the types of speeches he gives are sometimes very unique to a president. Um, not every senator, you know, no, basically no senator is like addressing the United Nations every year or is speaking in front of even a, you know, a large foreign body in a foreign country like the
the president did in Saudi Arabia, in Israel, in South Korea. Um, so those types of speeches are uniquely presidential, and they um, offer opportunities to like really go big with the ideas and to actually lead on the world stage through um, through the president's words and and his actions. So. Uh, it, in those ways, it, it is really kind of the pinnacle of speech writing, and that, that is definitely what makes it so challenging, but also very rewarding. Have you encountered anything like unexpected in speech writing? Maybe it was like obstacles that came up, or even good things that you just weren't expecting kind of entering into that field? Sure. Well, I think the biggest surprise to a lot of people is, at least, you know, initially, when I initially began being a speech writer in the Senate, I thought, oh, well, you know, the principal, as in the person I'm writing for, is going to tell me what they want to say, and then I just have to write it. But it took me probably two years to realize that wasn't the case. It was actually my responsibility to come up with the idea and then, um, and then write the speech based on that idea and, and present it to the principal and see what he thought, because... A lot of times the principal doesn't have the luxury of time to sit and think about what's a new way that I can think about, you know, this subject. Um, what's a new idea that I can develop? And so a lot of times, like, that is the job of the speechwriter is to not only write the speech, but to come up with the idea that's going to advance um, a person's policy agenda or platform in some way. Mm-hmm. So, you know, now you said you own your own consulting firm. Has Was that transition kind of from working for others to kind of going out on your own? Was that a transition that was, like, difficult, or was it just kind of a normal thing that kind of came naturally? Well, it's a great question. I will certainly say I do actually love working in large organizations. I kind of like, like, navigating the bureaucracy, working with the various groups and building consensus so actually for me the hardest part has been being more on my own um but on the flip side i love getting to work with various amazing clients and choose the types of clients i take on and the types of projects i take on so that part is incredibly rewarding and i was very you know fortunate to be able to i've I've been fortunate to be able to work with some some great clients which is made the transition um, much smoother. But I will say one of the biggest, you know, differences was uh, initially it was so weird to not be getting emails at every hour of the day and to not be getting calls saying, like, you need to write this speech now. And so it actually, like, took a long time to not look at my phone incessantly. Uh, And that was actually one of the bigger adjustments. Well, you know, we've loved having you back on campus this week. Has there been a best part about being back on campus? I know a lot of people come back and they say it's just, it, it's kind of, Hillsdale's a different atmosphere than anywhere else. Or It absolutely is. It almost feels like um, a time warp, you could say. Like, I feel like I just walked back in time. Um, but in a good way, it's amazing to see campus. It, it's thriving. The students are, you know, just as I remember them from when I was here, serious about what they're doing, incredible people. Um, you know, you just, there's something about Hillsdale students that does set them apart uh, as long as they don't get a big head. 
the chapel is is totally stunning, but it's also just been so amazing to get to touch base with old friends and professors. And uh, it's amazing to think that even 10 years later, there's still that that bond, um, even if we haven't had the chance to see each other very often. Mm-hmm. You mentioned getting a touch base with some professors. I know this is going to be a hard question, but is there like a favorite professor from your time at Hillsdale that sticks out to you? I know there are probably so many good ones, but... Sure. There's absolutely several. Definitely Dr. Berzer, Dr. Sundahl, who has since retired, and I must say Dr. Arn as well. I learned so much from his Aristotle class, and and he also taught a C.S. Lewis class that I was able to take. So th- those would be the top three. Mm-hmm. Has campus changed much since you've graduated? Um, like coming back, is it? Are there? Is there anything that just like sticks out? I mean, the chapel um, obviously has come up in the last few years, but anything you're like, wow, like that's just like it's completely different than, or is it all pretty much the same? Besides the chapel, it looks extremely familiar. I mean, I walked into Lane and Kendall, and I was like yep, this looks like it hasn't changed at all. Like, same chairs we were using 10 years ago when they were relatively new. Uh, It doesn't look like they've had a new coat of paint. Um, But no, it still looks great. It's, uh, I have so many memories in those rooms. Um, So besides besides the new chapel and the Serral Center, most things look the same, but you can also certainly see growth, like some of the new... um, housing for students i've i haven't been in it but i kind of noticed a couple buildings um so the the growth is certainly certainly there so kind of closing out do you have any advice for current hillsdale students or maybe even just students that are wanting to get a career kind of started in the speech writing path absolutely so for hillsdale students more broadly i would say to make the most of your time being a student to just enjoy getting to devote all of your time to learning. Uh, That will never happen again. And it's amazing how in one semester at Hillsdale, you can probably read like 20 books. And then in a year outside of college, it's really hard to read like half that many books. Um, So to just really soak up the, the unique opportunity to learn as much as possible, knowing that even if you don't use what you're learning directly, the discipline of being able to study well, being able to um, you know, deliver assignments on time, to think critically, um, and to basically exercise all of those muscles in our brain are going to help you in whatever you do. And then my second piece of advice is to not take for granted that um, – that your liberal arts education can help you in what you do, but you also have to be your your own best protagonist in coming up with what you want to do next. So really making the most of summers to do different internships. It doesn't even really matter what your internship is. The more important thing is have different experiences. See what you like, see what you don't like, and then you can you, you'll be in such a better position to decide what you want to do from there based on those various experiences and without them it's really hard to know like what do I really want to do Um, and even on campus to take advantage of having opportunities to work even part-time because uh, it it gives it it also gives uh, each of us an appreciation for uh, the gift of Hillsdale College and the fact that yeah we might work for 10 hours a week and that's like pit you know, pittance for 
what our education costs, but at least we're contributing in some way, and it, it helps us to have perspective on, on really what a gift this education is. Mm -hmm. The one thing I'll add when it comes to the anyone interested in speech writing, mm -hmm. my advice to them is write as much as possible. Take John Miller's advanced writing class, which was definitely one of my favorite classes. Um, and But also think, how can I write on a weekly basis? And how can I find good editors so that I'm constantly improving? Um, and then ha try to get different experiences um, in the summers, et cetera, where you do have opportunities to write or intern in places like on Capitol Hill where they have speechwriters so that you can have a way to get a foot in the door, even if you have to start in, in a different type of a role. Well, thank you. It's been great kind of talking about being back at Hillsdale with you and your time as a speechwriter. So thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's great to be back. You're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM.